And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hensbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hulk. Uh, we got a great pod for you today. I know it's coming to you a day late, but a lot of action. Uh, excited to be here with my guy, Sleep Dog. Damn right, man. Day late, dollar short. That's uh, that's code we live by. Um, lot to get into here. Sleep Dog's still shaking off this cough. So, guys, if I start just belting them out, you know, just turn it down for a second. Carolina, up to 15 in the AP poll, still cruising along. Still, uh, I noticed before I got on here, Duke is a better betting favorite to win the national championship in football uh, than UNC, which is, just shows how dumb those – Odds makers are. Um, we'll get into the win over Pitt on the road. We will get into some NFL, just some wild storylines going on there. Uh, Monday night football is about to kick off right here. I don't understand why he's doing these two Monday night games. It's like, all right, I'm cool with it. At least if one sucks, I can turn on the other one. But uh, it is weird. Colorado got the doors blown off. Uh, looks like Travis Kelsey really is dating Taylor Swift which is weird. NBA opening night less than one month away. And uh, Tez Walker is still not playing. And right before we came on, we found out some guy got a waiver after transferring a couple times in Minnesota. So maybe we'll jump into that too. All of that horse is about dead as it can get. But before we do, I'm going to shout some people out. They bought a t-shirt. We've got a couple. Let's see here. Mark Hirschhorn. Melissa Hamp E, maybe Hamp, maybe Hamp E, maybe Homp. Uh, Professor Pablo, Lauren Hansbro, shout out, Cam King, James Turner, Chris Fortin, Connie Nelson, William Johnson, Scott Cook, and Julie Hewlett. Just, oh, and Brandon Staten, of course. I <laughs> uh, bought my own t shirt. Lauren Hansbro brought two. It's my sister in law. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks, squad guys. Up. Guys, supporting the pod. Appreciate you. Yeah. Supporting the podcast. Figure, hey, if we start shouting people out, maybe we'll buy a t-shirt. They're online. Uh, yep. I think it's store.sleephawkworldwide.com. It's also on our Instagram page. I mean, them damn things right up there with, uh, you know, nicest t-shirt you're ever going to buy. Hey, it's a so, great quality t-shirt. It comes from our guy, Tapped Tees, Big Dan, yep. uh, good college buddy, good Tar Heel. But also, you guys buying these shirts, it gives us the ability to, uh, you know, have a bigger presence on social media and do some things that we want. We want to grow SHWW and become, you know, what you guys want us to be. And we we love doing this. So uh, thank you for buying these shirts. It really does mean a lot. We're on a mission. We're on a mission, man. The T-shirts are going to take us there. So we'll tend to them some bitches in about a month. (laughs) About (laughs) $10,000. Oh, man. Anyway. Oh. UNC, man, 15th in the country. Who would have thought besides Sleep Dog? Because I've been calling it. Uh, looked good. I mean, looked, looked a little shaky to start with. You know, it didn't. I think Pitt scored first, and then we scored again, and then they scored again, and then yeah, we didn't give up much the rest, rest of the way. Drake looked strong, 298 and a touchdown. I had two rushing touchdowns. Elijah Huzzy returned touchdown, two picks. I mean, the guy was obviously player of the game. Uh, again, you know, went on the road. That was kind of a trap game. I mean, Pitt was one and two going into it. We haven't faced a team yet with a winning record, but we've faced a couple 500 teams that would have winning records if they beat us. 
we're doing what we're supposed to do. We got this week off, and uh, then we come back home against Syracuse, maybe. So I don't know, man. Really putting it together. I just feel like a uh, lot of <clears throat> a lot of turmoil in the college ranks that is really playing our favor. Got teams like Alabama that ain't so hot. You got all the attention on Colorado and they get smoked. You got a lot of teams just uh, – I mean, Clemson just lost again. So, you know, um, I don't know, Big Hawk, man. It's it's kind of shaping up like well, we thought it might. Well, Sleep, you were pretty you're, – you're always pretty high on uh, whether it's anything UNC. Sleep Dog, let me just get this clear. He is all in and his mm. – I mean, he gets really excited, and I was a little hesitant. But uh, I knew we had Drake, and I knew we had a shot. Um, you know, I thought our defense was a concern. But it looks like we're we're doing well. We opened conference play with the win. And anytime you get a win in conference, uh, these conference games are different. And I know it's just uh, Pitt. Pitt's not, you know, you know, having the year they want so far. But it is a conference win, and they know us well. And, you know, if you look at it, Historically, especially in the past couple of years, the football team in particular hasn't. Well, we can put the basketball team in there too. Let's be honest, <laughs> hasn't handled success well. And so, what they mm-hmm. did is they opened the season up. They beat a, a good SEC team who had a lot of momentum coming into this year. Then they beat a Big Ten team. Okay, and now they're starting conference. They go up. You know, Pittsburgh's not the most appealing team. Everybody's riding high. We got the job done. That was big for us. And this bye week is going to give us uh, some time to get these guys healthy. Drake did look like he took some shots last game. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Big Hawk, he had to get up early. I didn't watch a lot of the second half because I was waking up at five because uh, I had pickleball practice. But uh, <laughs> I like what we did. Anytime we get a dub for the football team, especially in conference, is huge on the road. It's a big win. There's going to start to be some momentum, especially we got to handle business in the next game after this bye. But I'm liking the direction we're heading. And I think as soon as we start keep winning and keep doing our thing, we're going to get the recognition. Uh, just let keep people keep hating because it seems like we play our best uh, when there's a lot of haters out there. And so I like that. Uh, but also with these, you know, we got a, you know, a couple weeks before we play our next game. We need to get Tez Walker eligible. Uh, and Sleep, you brought this up. There's another kid, a two-time transfer, eligible. We need to get NCAA stop playing with us. I don't care what it is. Uh, you need to get the shit suit out of you. Uh, it's it's just ridiculous. We need to get Tez Walker eligible. NCA, you guys should get this kid eligible. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's absurd. I mean, you know, hopefully something happens between now and the next time they suit up in a couple of weeks. But at this point, it's just it's unfathomable. I mean, it's. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, it's it's astounding how many people are on his side, on our side. Um, it's just, you know, and, and everybody can point to this. I mean, every single one of these cases is different from the other in some way. But that's like saying, you know, I don't know. It's it's, it's like they're t- all these situations are the exact same, essentially. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're picking and choosing why uh, why Tez can't play and and these other guys can, and you know, it's it's just it's mind boggling. And, and we talked about sense. this last time, sleep. And this isn't like we're going to stay on this. And I know a lot of Tar Heels, the Tar Heel Nation, feels the same way. But there's something going on at the NCA that they have a vendetta against 
uh, UNC or UNC football, there's something going on and they need to have a little bit of transparency about why they are acting like this specifically towards UNC football. I don't understand why it's taking so long. I have never understood the timeline in which the NCA works. It works at a snail's pace. They don't have to. They could have been on top of this a long time ago. They, they declared this kid ineligible two weeks before the season. What kind of BS is that? And, it, and it's just not logical. Listen, they make good money. They have a good salary. Get your job done. Go to, go, go to the, like, get your work done early. And I, the reason I say this is also basketball season's on the horizon. And there's a ton of two-time transfers uh, that are gearing up and getting ready and getting their hopes up for basketball season that haven't been declared eligible. And they have waivers in. They're just waiting. They're just sitting on these cases for no reason besides the fact that no one holds them accountable. And it's ridiculous. And there needs to be somebody that steps in. The NCAA actually should handle this in a better manner. They should say, okay, if they're going to complain, I've heard this argument that, well, some schools send in waivers uh, real late. Well, Mm -hmm. to me, that is on the NCAA too. Have a hard deadline for when you can submit waivers. Also, that kind of cleans up the portal. If you don't mm-hmm. like kids transferring this late, say, hey, listen, here's a hard deadline to get your waivers in and we'll get back to you in a uh, more timely fashion. And to me, that solves a lot of these problems uh, because a lot of schools have these waivers in and they're just waiting. And, you know, it, it does have an effect. One has an effect on how teams are going to coach. They don't know who's going to be eligible, who's going to be able to play. And also it affects these kids' lives who transfer mm-hmm. to these schools uh, someone might be playing at their dream school. Someone could have a issue at home and have family that wants to come watch them. They're moving closer because uh, their family has some health issues. And the NCAA is just taking their time for no reason. Dude, the NCAA makes the DMV look like fucking NASA. I mean, mm-hmm. I just don't understand the logic behind any of this. Um, and, you know, we keep talking. It's, it's like to the point where you talk about it so much that, like, what else can you say? Like, everybody knows it's 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 frivolous it's hypocritical it's stupid it's all these things uh it makes no sense and it just i don't understand why someone hasn't sued him yet mm-hmm. and uh, whether it's you know on behalf of tez where it's the university whether it's like some other entity man it just doesn't make any sense um they're not going to be accountable until someone holds them accountable yeah. and that's that's clear and maybe maybe there's no path to do that uh-huh. but when you got guys like jay billis and a lot of other smart people yeah. Uh, that suggests otherwise, like, I'm just going to do what the smart people say. And, um, and I don't know, dude, I, I think Charlie Baker, president of NCAA ought to just ought to quit. I mean, they ought to never let this guy within 50 miles of a sporting event forever, uh, which we all knew this was going to happen, man. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So, um, the guy's a politician you know, sleep yeah, and oh my God. politicians make a ton of money. I, I hate politics. I hate politicians. In general, but you can't tell me this guy got out of politics to take a pay cut. Oh, yeah. He's making getting... a ton of money. Uh, make better decisions and make them in a better timely fashion. And you, you resolve a lot of these issues. And you, you also resolve a lot of the criticism that the media and the fan bases has, have given you guys. And uh, to me, you've lost a lot of credibility. Uh, your reputation is in, you know, there's, there's never been a time where people, schools, want to find a way to abolish NCA, get rid of them. Uh, and, you know, Charlie Baker came in here, 
We all thought he was going to run the NCAA a lot better than what uh, the previous administration did. And it's just kind of been a hangover. I mean, it's been a carryover to the same stuff we've seen year in, year out. And just everyone just like, what are you guys doing? It's just, yeah. uh, it's awfully disappointing, especially for people who had high expectations and the high hopes of Charlie Baker coming in, which I did as well. Yeah. I mean, right now, I don't even think it's that I want Tez to play as a fan. It's just like such a bummer to watch this kid. Like, you don't get many opportunities. I mean, this is an mm -hmm. opportunity that most people don't get is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and on top of that, it's fleeting, man. You don't have long. I mean, you know it. I know it. Mm -hmm. We all know it. Like, it just, it's gone before you know it. And I couldn't imagine. It's one thing when you have, you know, that you have the, the prospect of injury, um, which is now, in, this is, there's all kinds of stories. Like, it, that prospect is entering the equation now. Cause this kid hadn't been in live action and he's going to, you know, uh, if he does get cleared, right, there's that element to it. Mm -hmm. But like, you've got all these prospects It's like, it takes a lot of things coming into place for him to get where he is, including not the, the probably most important is, is a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, and he's just had it taken from him and yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it's criminal, dude. It, it really is. Feels that way. Uh -huh. So, um, you know, like I said, hopefully, hopefully they get that back together. It's just this this kid from Minnesota. Good on him. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. We're, I, we're I, happy. I, the for other him. thing is, I'm fuck the rules. Who cares anymore? Yeah. Like everybody's going here, there, everywhere, and you're trying to like rein this in. Just let them go play wherever they want. Yep. If there's a place, and because this is the other thing, if I go to school A, and if I come to Carolina. <clears throat> and I have a good season, and I have the opportunity to go to Alabama. I should be able to go to Alabama, you know. Yeah. I mean, especially this day and age when you know there's money on the line here. So you know the hell. All right, let's say I went to community college. Let's say I showed out in community college, whatever you know, mm -hmm. D two school. Showed out. Carolina was like, man, I bring him in. Then I come to Carolina, I show myself there, and they're like, hey, I go to Al like I should be able to move up the ranks wherever yeah. I want to go. So, you know, rules, I get why they're there, but like you can't apply them to the players and not apply them to anybody else. And then when the, when the players, you know, follow them, you, you find a way to penalize them anyway. And see, the NCA is supposed to be about the student athlete. And it seems like everything that they stand for, their actions go against everything that, you know, they say they're there to help the player, the athlete, the person. It goes it, – every action they do contradicts that. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, they need to figure this out. We also need – I want to have a little transparency. I want to see why from the NCA, how they arrived at the decision, who arrived at this decision, what board voted on this. Mm -hmm. uh, because, to me, it seems like somebody within the NCA is purposely picking on UNC yeah. for a reason, whether it's UNC or TES individually, uh -huh. I feel there's a vendetta against UNC or Tess. I can't figure it out. Sleep. We need transparency. There's somebody on that board with an ax to grind. Somebody. And they're lobbying like politicians do to get what they want. And they're getting it. All Elijah Huzzy, one of the football, he got it. Uh, dude, he had a great game. So I know you said you, man, I'll be honest. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep before it was over because these 8 o'clock kicks, guys. I mean, might as well put it on 2 a.m. This this game might as well be played in Japan um, at 8 o'clock, dude. So, uh, you know, I did I hung in there as long as I could. That kid was a 
was amazing. I saw the punt return. Um, you know, and that's the thing I think I took away from this was at first I was like, I ain't gonna lie. I'm sitting on my couch cussing Gene Chizik. I'm like, man, I thought we were better on defense, dude. And, you know, we got it together. And, and I think that, uh, you know, they threw some different stuff at us offensively. You know, Frank Signetti, I realized was the, was the, was the offensive coordinator there. So he obviously has a history as a former head coach at UNC. Uh, was he a, was he head coach? He was he was the OC under Fedora, I think, and um, maybe he was the damn head coach. I don't know. They're all running. we cycled through him there for a while. Not at UNC, um, no. Huh? I don't the head coach at UNC or I think he was the OC under uh-huh. under Fedora. And uh, anyway, you know, the D got it together and uh, and was and, and was playing much better. And I think you know, I think our our initial reaction as fans of of UNC anything. Uh, really accept basketball is that if it's going well, you know, we're just buying time until it's not going well anymore. So you're just knee jerk reaction is to panic anytime something happens and forget that there's an ebb and flow to the game and that you have Drake May, who it's funny to me, man, with Drake, like all these other guys are putting up, you know, big numbers and stuff. But Drake just seems to control the game, the whole game. I mean, you know, you mentioned it. He took some shots, and uh, you know he's he stands in. Um, you know he hits 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 his targets. He does what he's supposed to do. He's he's like cerebral. You know he knows when to when to pick up the pace. He knows when to you know check down. He knows when to do all these things. He had a couple. I think they were goal line scores. Um, I mean he just he just does it all, and it's kind of cool because you know I think he's probably. A lot of people tell you Caleb Williams is the best pro prospect, and maybe he is. I don't see a lot of Caleb Williams. But it'd be hard for me to pick. If I got the pick in the draft, it'd be hard for me to pick anybody but Drake May. I mean, he is a quintessential just, I mean, quarterback prototype So in the NFL. So he's got a, he's big. He's got a strong arm. He's smart. He's accurate. He's poised. He's patient. He's all these. He makes the right decisions all the time, it seems like. And so absent of like 400 yard games with four touchdowns, you know, my whole pick of him winning the Heisman, right? That's a, that's a vanity award in some ways. And, uh, you know, I mean, it'd be a different story if, if the heels get rolling here and, uh, really start putting some teams away. But, you know, that seems to be an afterthought at this point, but he sure is the guy, uh, to lead Carolina as far as they're going to go. He's fun to watch. Yeah. And sleep, um, one thing I like about him is he has a lot of size, which I'm all about these tall, big quarterbacks. And, you know, this is just a personal preference on me. And um, I've never been a fan of the Kyler Murrays, even Bryce Young. I mean, this guy looks mm-hmm. like somebody out of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He's just <laughs> super small. When I, I watched uh, him play last week for the first time, I could not believe how small he is. Yeah. And, I, I don't know why in the hell any NFL team would take these small. Now, Tua's having a great year, but I'm not even a Tua fan. You guys can, you know, go back a couple episodes. I look like an idiot how bad I'm talking about Tua. But looks like that Taekwondo Kung Fu <laughs> shit is working out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, Drake, yes, he's super smart, uh, but he works hard. And at some point, like, yeah, stats are stats, but also you got to reward winning. I mean, this kid. UNC football has has been not traditionally a powerhouse, but we are winning consistently now. And I understand that Mac Brown came back and uh, changed the culture and seems like he's got it 
a lot of big time recruits. He did flip Drake from Alabama to UNC and uh, he has lived up to the hype, but also I, I love the way he looks, um, you know, his size, his athletic ability. He has good feet and uh, he's going to continue to get stronger. You know, I, when I played in Indianapolis, you know, I got to see Peyton a little bit. You should see him around. He's a big dude. Uh, yeah. Drake's not as big as Peyton. Right. But still, that same size has an effect on your longevity. Mm-hmm. And it gives you the ability to see the whole field and sleep. I'm sitting here talking like I know football. Listen, guys, I don't like I'm straight up. Use good buzzwords. Use some good catchphrases. Yeah, I, I don't know football. I don't know if they're right either. But I know what athletes look like. And I know mm-hmm. what winners look like. Drake's doing that, and he looks like a quarterback. He looks like somebody can sling the football, and he's doing it every single game for UNC, and I love it. And I hope he is number one pick because, you know, I'm, I'm friends with his brother Luke too, so we can go watch some games. <laughs> Hell, yeah. We keep trying to get him on the pod, but nobody will answer our emails. That's weird. Uh, that's um, not not uncommon for for us. Um, Let's tell him where ESPN is. <laughs> oh man speaking of the nfl and speaking of tua dude miami so i have raheem mostert on my fantasy team which is won so by a billion I. last week or so uh, this week um dude miami smoked denver and i love every second of it because you know like big hawk went in on on tua <clears throat> But I'll just go in every chance I get on what's his face, Russell Wilson. I wonder what it's like in Denver right now. I wonder what those guys are really, you know, really feel. I mean, Sean Payton, and, and you know who Sean Payton reminds me of? And I shouldn't even say this out loud because it's going to piss people off. But Sean Payton has run, his career has gone like kind of in some ways, not nearly as bad. I'm already stepping it back because I know people are about to fucking lose their mind when I say And this guy was suspended for a year of sleep for putting hits on players. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you can go in on him. That. I forgot about that. Wow. Okay, yeah. No so it's like far. Rudy go Giuliani. In. It's like Rudy Giuliani, right? Because remember when <laughs> – so in here it is. Because remember when 9-11 happened, like everybody loved Giuliani, right? Because they're blind to the fact that it's like this dude is the mayor of New York, America's mayor, right? And And then from that point on, like, yeah, he's taking down all these drug criminals or whatever, and God knows what really happened in all this shit. Turns out he was just the guy in right place, right time. Wouldn't mm-hmm. have mattered. And then Sean Payton is the coach and wins a Super Bowl in New Orleans after Katrina. And this guy can't do anything wrong. And, of course, he's got Drew Brees. Everybody loves Drew Brees and blah, blah, blah. And, like, as time goes on, you just watch these guys on the same continuum just sort of become unlikable. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think Sean Payton is – Anywhere near as unlikable as as Rudy Giuliani. And that's probably a class of people here that like Rudy, Rudy Giuliani just fine. And you know what? Y'all listen to podcasts too. So you always got a seat at the sleep park <laughs> by table. Okay. Especially if you buy a fucking t shirt. But uh, yeah, I mean, Sean Payton is just a bad look, man. It's like he comes in there just blaming everybody. It's like, bro, y'all gave up 70. Um, you suck. And yeah. uh, it, 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 the best part is like all the memes about him having to play Chicago next week and how that's just the worst game ever. Like Cam's gonna be only Cam and Bob are gonna be the only ones in the stadium. Man, sleep drinking Malort. Oh my god, guys, do not listen. I might rather drink Malort than watch that game. Malort <laughs> is the worst drink ever. We talked about how bad that uh, drink is. Uh, uh, sleep, 
Sean Payton looked really frustrated in the press conference after the game. I watched it because it was comical. And <laughs> sometimes these reporters, they don't ask their questions in a great manner. And uh, that's because they're sick of watching that shit, too. Imagine if you went to uh, had to go to work and watch watch that shit and write a story about it. Oh, yeah. It's like, what could I say that wasn't just already said right before our eyes? And the reporter asked a question, but he didn't ask a question. He just stated that historically, this is like, a, <laughs> you know, this is a historic loss. No team's ever really almost like this is you know, they just scored 70 points on you. And he's like, what's the question? And, uh, you know, what I took from that press conference after the game when I watched Sean Payton, I have a lot of respect for Payton, uh, what he did in New Orleans. I did like the New Orleans team. I'm a big Drew Brees fan, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how could you not be? But It was awesome. I mean, don't don't let me yeah. take that away. Like, it was, it was really cool. I don't care if you like the Saints or not. It was yeah. cool what happened there for a while. Yeah. And, uh, but I can tell you this. I think he's realizing what he walked into in Denver. And I think yeah. Denver's a great city, uh, historically great football program, did a lot of good things. But I thought he could turn it around. But I think the contract they gave Russell is just one of the worst deals almost in – I can't remember a deal being this bad. Russell mm-hmm. hasn't played up to his, himself. But I will tell you this, fantasy-wise, he's putting up decent numbers. Mm. But this one is just on the organization. I mean, this one's yeah. on everybody as a whole. They got 70 points on you. And also, their backup quarterback came in. Mike White was doing work sleep. He looked like <laughs> Tom Brady in his prime back there. Uh, that was a bad look as well. One just Tua. I mean, hell, they, they might have got the backup quarterback a contract next year for a starting job. In Denver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I love watching teams I don't like. Get the shit kicked out of them, uh, but because because usually what happens is the team I do like gets the shit kicked out of it, which is exactly what happened to Washington. Buffalo looked a little little dicey, and they got the just the medicine they needed, which was a game against Washington, and they just absolutely clobbered the Commanders. Um, nothing really to say there except hell. I don't think our boy Sam had more than like ten yards. He passing. did. He had, and I, he had a negative. In fan, I have him as my story. Yeah, that was tough. There's better that days than for Sam. Guys. He'll come back, man. He ain't worried about that shit. They saved and then uh, Chicago, they suck, man. Um, it's amazing to me. You know, you guys hear me. Nobody gives a shit about these sports cards, but you know, in the in the card card world, like prospecting quarterbacks is a, is a dangerous game. And before the season, man, everybody is buying heavy on Justin Fields, right? Mm-hmm. Because everybody likes that athletic guy, you know the everybody. Everybody's trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes. Period. Yeah. And uh, dude, that meme I saw of uh, the dudes from from Moneyball. Dude, that was so hilarious. <laughs> this guy's an absolute specimen. He's a fast quarterback. His only, <laughs> his only, his absolute weapon at quarterback position. His only problem is that the forward pass was invented in 1904. I mean, that dude couldn't <laughs> couldn't throw the ball across a chain link fence. From his backyard, man. I don't know what's going on down there. They got no weapons. They got nobody that would even be entertaining no. to watch. I the, mean, the, first um, of all, he he's not that big either. Um, nah, I don't think so. And I, I think what's happened is he's lost a lot of his confidence. And I can tell you as an athlete, when the media starts picking on you and you start getting blamed for things, I could tell last week when he came out and blamed his coaches, first of all, that's never a good look. I don't care if you have no to way. walk that back yeah. or not. 
creating tensions, uh, tension between you and the coaching staff. He's too young and unproven to yeah. really do that. Uh, just to be honest. So another thing, if Tom Brady came out there uh, and was critical of the coaches, because listen, the coaches are probably going to go. Uh, but yeah. when Justin Fields does it, it's a different dynamic because he's so young. Also, the expectations that were so high for the Chicago Bears before the season, it was there. People felt like the Bears could could really break through and have like a, a playoff type year, but they have been absolute <laughs> ass. And they're in the, they're in the Drake May. They're in yeah. running for Drake May. Um, yeah, you're exactly right. And and to Fields' credit, you know, I think he kind of misspoke. I, I don't necessarily even think that he meant to say that because he he did kind of walk it back and. The, the team came and who knows if the team's just just covering it, but it seemed like he was just, you know, he kind of talked. Sometimes I feel like people forget that too. That when you are an athlete and you're in you're caught in an emotional situation after a game or a loss or whatever, like you talk your way into something that like, hey man, I didn't I didn't mean to talk shit to anybody. I just was grasping for a way to explain what the hell's going on. And I feel like that might have had a little bit to do with uh, with how that came out, and, and then of course, regardless of that or not, I mean, it came back got got just torched the next day. So, well, they got game. a new uh, they they have a new GM who didn't draft Justin Fields, and so he came out and he tried to kind of fix everything and bridge that that gap, and then Tua or Justin Fields came out, but. There's tension in Chicago, and I, I don't think Justin Fields, I don't think he's going to last the whole yeah. season. I, I think something's going to happen. Uh, yeah, because yeah, there's a few of those yeah. guys, man. I don't know who their backup is down there, but um, there's 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 a lot of storylines in the NFL, and they, you know they got that extra game, which might as well be an extra ten games. There's a lot waiting to be told in the NFL season, and I mean. It's also kind of crazy because all these teams are just panicking, you know. Like, I mean, Dallas, which is the next on our list, you know, they lost to Arizona. Arizona's supposed to be tanking. Dallas is a double-digit favorite and lost by double digits to Arizona. Uh, I mean, that was abysmal. And, and then Dallas is trying to give uh, Dak Prescott an extension to pay him $50 million a year. Don't do that. So, like, you know, he also doesn't – He's never been a guy that I felt like – I mean, I hate the Cowboys, so I hope they sign him for 100 years. But he's never been the guy that I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, I want to go down with him. But um, that defense got exposed. Arizona um, yeah. Arizona, like, legitimately looked good. Which is shocking because is I think Arizona has a young quarterback, Dobbs. Yeah, Tyler Murray, Josh I don't know Dobbs. when he's coming back. But the thing about – the Cowboys, is a, I think his name's Travion Diggs. They're one of their best defensive yeah. players. Towards ACL in practice, which, God, that's got to be demoralizing that's when you have somebody loss, yeah. that you know is a huge factor on your team, a primetime player, and tears his ACL in practice. Mm. That would lead me to be like, hey, what in the hell are we doing in practice? Uh, but, you know, sometimes, it, you know, in, in sport, there's all these unfortunate injuries uh, but that one's going to hurt Dallas. But the thing about Dallas to me is I thought Tony Romo was a good quarterback, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's like a yeah championship-winning quarterback. Right. I think he's like good enough to get you in the playoffs, maybe win a, a game or two. <clears throat> and that's the same thing with Dak. Is like I think Dak is good enough to get some hype, 
have some good like weeks, some good games where he puts up absurd numbers, and they surround him with a really good defense, a lot of weapons, and he does well. But I don't think he's good enough to be a content. Like I don't think he's a quarterback that's going to lead a team to a championship. Um, yeah, but the one guy sleep who is interesting because I know that uh, the Wilson kid for the Jets is taking a lot of heat. Yeah. And uh, Greeny from um, oh god, get up is just destroying him. The Jets, and he's a huge Jets fan, and he's been like advocating for Kirk Cousins to go to the Jets. And Dude, I was getting ready to say when the whole Dak conversation, like I would, I was, I literally listed out fifteen numbers because I think we could find fifteen quarterbacks we agree we'd rather have than Dak Prescott. But yeah, Kirk Cousins was yep. the first guy that came to mind. And like he might not win you a Super Bowl, but you at least feel like you might. And that's the thing is like to me, Kirk Cousins is a guy who his public perception is like, ah, he's good, but uh, he's not the most sexiest pick to have as you could be. Like he's not like he's like he's not Aaron Rodgers, he's not Tom Brady, he's not Peyton Manning. Like you don't get excited like you do like right. with those guys. But I think he's like a tier under like I think he's a solid yeah. top ten quarterback almost yep. every year, but mm-hmm. he doesn't really get the credit he deserves, even from his you know peers a little bit too. But uh-huh. I think he does enough. I think he wins games and he kind of flies under the radar. I think he would be better suited for the Jets or you know the Jets right now could definitely use him. Uh, hell, sleep. Me and you could play for the Jets right now, and uh, the Cowboys. I think he'd be better fit for. Uh, those teams and actually their current quarterback. Yeah, I agree. And um, I mean, hell, dude, he he puts up numbers too. It's wild how much, you know, especially having Diggs helps. And he's had Thielen there for a long time. He's always had weapons and they always commit the throw and he's always had a good running back. Yeah. So it kind of opened things up for him. But yeah, he's he's a gamer, man. Like um I think there's there's quite a few people, you know, they got uh the there's some interesting guys like hovering around and, and, and look to, to, to New York's credit with Zach Wilson, you know, I, I felt like I watched hard knocks and I feel like their coach is just kind of gimmicky, mm-hmm. like based on that. Like, I don't know. When I watch that stuff, I feel like that's like a knock and I actually kind of like the guy, but I watched some of these guys do their little hype speech or whatever. And I sit a lot of these guys and it's going to be a great segue into Dion. A lot of these guys give their hype speech, and I'm sitting on my couch thinking, like, this dude couldn't motivate me to get up and get off the couch to go get ice cream. Mm-hmm. And that don't even take much. You know? Like, he just it just didn't do it for me. The whole thing about the raven flying around, and then you got the dude from Arizona talking about, did you guys ride the bus here? I'd be like, dude, what? Dude, that dude I'm was in the NFL, weird. bro. That was yeah. a weird speech and all together. Like, I don't know what my reaction would be. He was like, shot, shot, shot. You're exposed. Yeah. And like the dude from Miami, McDonald or whatever, like you could say the same about him. But I think I I, I relate more with his like quirks and his yeah. his personality. So I could at least like either make me laugh or make me want to run through a chainsaw, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so some of these guys they get up, and it was the same thing with um the post game speech. The dude from Ohio State just calling, just throwing scuds at Lou Holtz, and uh. You know, the dude from Oregon before the before the 49ers, I mean, before the Colorado game, you know, like I'm like, dude, I'm not getting hyped up for this. And the truth is, is like even a guy like Mac Brown, but at least Mac is like, you know, Mac, I like. So I'm like, 
Dude, I'll go. I'll do whatever he tells me to do. But it's not like Mac Brown is going to walk in the locker room and say something to get me just charged up. You know? Mm-hmm. Did Coach Williams was Coach Williams that way? Like, I mean, how, what 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 was that dynamic? I'm curious. Like, because dude, I think everybody's maybe that's played sports has had a coach at some point or another. I mean, because that's what Dion does extremely yeah. well. Like, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, not only will I go get the ice cream. But hell, I might go hang a tire on an oak tree. I might put forth the mm-hmm. effort to get a rope and a tire and hang it on the oak tree in my backyard and start taking five step drops and just trying to throw yeah. throw footballs through it yeah. at forty. Well, uh, I'm going to talk about <laughs> D- prime time and then I'll touch on Coach Williams. But the one thing to me about prime time, which I love, is he's and somebody told me this today is actually my daddy sees a walking contradiction. Because in some areas he's so flashy, he drives a Lamborghini, he you know wears these gold chains, he has the sunglasses on, and then other areas he's so disciplined. We're going to show up mm-hmm. on time to class early. We're going to sit front row, and all these things. And I love that about him. And he wears mm-hmm. a cowboy hat. I love the cowboy hat. I just <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't think have I the, the self confidence to wear it yet, but <laughs> I'm building it up. I love his style. You know, sometimes. I'm old school sleep. Sometimes that flashy stuff, I'm not really big on. Uh, and that's that's kind of a me thing. But uh, the one thing I'll say about Coach Williams is Coach Williams motivated me. Man, he was an extreme motivator. Mm-hmm. And before games, he would give great speeches. And there's a lot of speeches that, you know, it's he's very good at the situation to be able to say the right things and making uh, big moments very simple and having, you know, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to mm-hmm. do it, preparing for it. He prepared better than anybody I've ever been around in my life, and I've said that, and it's really helped me not only, you know, in, in basketball, but in other areas is like, hey, we're not just going to, you know, walk out there and win. We're going to prepare to win throughout the whole season. I think he's really good at that, and that really motivated me uh, because I knew when we walked out on the court, Coach Williams every, gave everything he had, I think, to every practice, and I was the same way uh, playing-wise, so that had a huge effect, and I felt like we got better throughout the whole year because of that. But before games, Coach Williams used to say to us, somebody's got to win the – he wouldn't say – sometimes he would say, damn, sometimes he would say, somebody's <laughs> got to win the darn game. Why not? And I, it, it sounds – it doesn't sound too motivating when I say it, but he's like, somebody's got to win. Why not us? Yeah. And why not – like – that always really got me fired up because it's right. And, you know, somebody's got to go out there. Why don't we go out there and just win it? And I always loved it when he said that. He used that a lot. Uh, he went through a phase where he used to talk about, uh, I think it was our my sophomore year, how good of a putter he was. And so we'd be in the <laughs> middle of, like, a game or something, and he'd be talking, like, all of a sudden he'd go on, he'd start talking about, I can put my buns on. And he didn't want to cuss. He'd say buns. And I would always have to look away because it was so funny to me (laughs) watching him talk about, I can put my buns off. And I knew like not a lot lot of guys here play golf. We don't even like some people in that. We don't even, what putt? What's putt? uh, But that used to crack me up. But uh, he also was an extreme motivator through uh, fear. And Mm -hmm. Coach Williams had really hard practices and after there was only one loss in UNC where we walked in out to the locker room and coach was actually like, 
guys, they're, they're a better team than us, and we played really hard. I appreciate you guys playing like that. There was only one game, and that was my freshman year against Illinois, and Illinois went to the national championship the year before, uh-huh. and we had lost a lot of guys. We were a young team, a young freshman, uh, and we played Illinois really close. They had D Brown. Uh, they had uh, this other big Augustine, who was yeah, very good player. DJ Augustine. No, that's a point guard oh, for Texas. James Augustine, right. I think, James is his Augustine. name. I may be okay. getting his name wrong, but he's big, tall, goofy, lanky, lanky looking mm-hmm. white guy. And uh, he, we went, we went toe to toe with each other, but we played that game with our hearts out and the the crowd was into it. Coach Williams came to us after game was really proud of us. And we were all really, it was actually, I think one of our first losses of the season. And as freshmen, we were just like, we were such on a mission that year because no one really expected much from that team. And we had a chip on our shoulder because no one was, no one was giving us credit. It was a chance to beat a team that was in a national championship last year. And I remember coach coming to the locker room saying how proud he was of us and how not to be scourged and let's keep working and see what happens. I get goosebumps talking about it now. But, yeah, I remember that. And I remember I was real close with Joe Holiday, and he pulled me aside and talked to me about it, you know, that loss. Uh, those those two guys used to motivate me a lot, Joe Holiday and Coach Williams. So. Yeah, it's fascinating how coaches can motivate without being like, you know, rabble rousers, right? Like some guys, they're going to get you motivated because they're going to convince you to go to war. And there's a cool element to that, like – you know, I think Dion has a blend of that. And he, I think he, I think he's relatable to his players. And there's all this noise. I think you're exactly right that the flashy stuff is like, it's not relatable to the average person because we haven't had, you know, all this, you know, fame and fortune and all this sort of stuff. And even if we did, I think most of us are so <clears throat> monotonous that, you know, I don't know if we necessarily, you know, live our lives the same way. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a, there's an element that you can appreciate. And I love, I absolutely love the way that he handles the criticism when he basically, you know, other guys are chirping. And I think that's where he's really different because some guys get like, you know, they get pulled into that and they start talking shit back. And he's just like, yeah, man, they kicked our ass. So he's, you know, what am I going to say? But I'm not talking. He's like, I'm not going to put anybody else down. And, you know, he has a, he seems to have a really high moral compass. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I said on the last pod, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they handle adversity. It's he answered that question for me in a very big way. It'll be really interesting to me to see now how the team handles it because they got USC next, I think. I mean, they're going to uh, – and you want to talk about <laughs> their defense without that Hunter kid. And, I mean, they could have had three or four of them, and I don't think they would have stopped Oregon. Um, you know, they, it ain't going to slow down for them. So, you know, the team's got to bounce back a little bit and maybe, maybe learn some lessons like in humility, and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, you know, I still think that that the reality is 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 uh, what he's doing is I think really good for college football, and God bless anybody trying to recruit against that guy next year. I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna get everybody in the country, but they definitely got the damn doors beat off of them down there in Oregon. So yeah, sleep. Um, we'll see. 
I, I, I do like uh, you mentioned a great point about how he handled adversity. And, you know, I, I, lo- I watched him in the presser. I, I like watching coaches press conference after games. Mm-hmm. Um, he did make, and the one thing I like, didn't like about how Oregon, you know, the whole week leading up to it and how their head coach, uh, Dan Laney, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. he made it too much about him versus Dion. Yeah. And yeah. it was almost like, you know, hey, we beat Dion. It wasn't about like their football program getting a big win and these kids mm-hmm. played really well. Uh, when he came and he did his interviews, like, I hope all those people that were watching last week, Colorado, I hope they watched us this week. And, uh, you know, it's, he also said something about they're playing for clicks. We're yeah. playing for wins. I didn't like that. Um, yeah. He got drugged for that too. Yeah. It's like, dude, you knew the cameras are on you. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and sleep. That's, that's my point is it's not about you versus Dion and Dion's in the press conference. I just said, this isn't about me and the other yeah. coach. He's like, and he, he said it in a, you know, in a humble, non-humble way. He's like, I, I've got a golden jacket. Like, I'm a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. If this was about yeah. me versus him, it's no contest yeah. about these kids. And I, I yeah. love when he brings it back to those kids. He yep. does bring up the kids a lot. And when mm-hmm. I do, and I know he's, he's big into social media and he really seizes the moment, but he's really good with his words. And yeah. uh, he has a way of saying things to the kids, and it's always – to me, kind of the right things to be saying. Yeah. Like, hey, be on yeah. time. We're going to work. Uh, you know, this is what we're going to do. And I love that message versus what the other coach was saying, talking about, oh, yeah, we beat them. And, and I didn't like how the whole Oregon mascot came out with the clock and it said prime on it, like prime time. And then he took a sledgehammer and beat it. <laughs> that shit was funny. When it was hilarious. Hat. <laughs> but, I mean. <laughs> and then his helmet fell off. And yeah. Like, and he had to run away. I mean, like some of it's funny and I'm with you. I think, I think, uh, look, and, and, and I just said it like, like Dion doesn't really seem to get pulled into that, but the other coaches get pulled into him, Yeah, you know, and they spout off and make it. And then look what happens, right? Like even when, if, if that coach from Oregon had just gone out and said, Hey, that's a good team over there. Or, you know, Hey, kick their ass or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and then they did it. And then he had graceful things to say, <clears throat> I think the narrative would be a lot different, but it's a master class in in good PR. And um it's almost as if, you know, a loss. I don't know, man. I just think he's 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 putting on a clinic on how to coach oh, college yeah. football. He's, he's also had multiple coaches criticize him and how he yeah. handles things. And he's handled yeah. that criticism and been respectful to them after the game. Cause I've been like, yep. oh, I wonder what Dion's gonna say to their you know, the Colorado State coach. He was home. He was like, hey, he's yep. doing a good thing. I'm happy for his program. Looks like they have a lot of buzz. He's never been like, I don't like you. Let's go at it. He's He's been uh, – Yeah, because I think you classy. associate – I think most people associate and assume that because he's flashy, mm-hmm. he's – I don't even want to go this like this little riddle. But because he's flashy, he's going to be like trashy, mm-hmm. right? I'm not even trying to rhyme that. It's just I feel like people are going to feel like because he's this, he's classless. Mm-hmm. Um and it's the exact opposite, man. He's just very much himself. And I think that's what's so cool and really what's kind of like always been cool about him. But uh, we're going to find out come next week. Hey, sleep. They got to get right back on the horse. Question. Do you think Dion in five years is coaching at Colorado or do you think he's moved on? Dude, that's a great question. And it's a hard question because, man, that's the same thing with uh, 
Jack. I mean, they're already chattering about NFL. I don't think it's the NFL you got to worry about. I think it's him going somewhere like blue chip football program, like LSU or something. I don't Michigan. know where. Maybe Florida State, Michigan. I don't know. You know, I, follow I would, Mac. It would be interesting to see. You know what I'd like to see him do? an NFL job and his, and his son went I'd love to see him go back to an HBCU and win like a national championship there. I don't know what resource, what the resource requirement is realistically for, for you to recruit to an institution like that. Cause they just, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, HBCU is competing at, at a money level that your Alabama's and Texas. And I mean, they just got hundreds. This money is not an issue. I mean, money is very much an issue when you're trying to put together a winning program. Because if you go into the locker room in some of these places and you go, you're like, dude, bro, Dion, you're cool and all, but <laughs> holy shit, man. People are buying me cars and stuff, you know, but I, I don't know. I, I'm just romanticizing about that. It would be cool. I don't, I don't, I don't think he stays there forever, but dude, he got a lot of money and it's tied to a lot of stuff <laughs> and he's printing money right now for Colorado. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that remember, dude, they hired him and didn't even have the money. They're like, I don't know where it's going to come from. Yep. And so I, I honestly feel like it's it's look, man, loyalty is 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 a, a concept that I don't think a lot of people um sort of have a realistic thought process on. Everybody feels like that because you're in one place, like you got to be loyal to that absent any other outside mm-hmm. factors. And I just don't agree with that. I mean, I think in reality, you should always be loyal to, you know, people and in, in places and stuff that helped you get to a place. But I don't think you should be loyal, more loyal to anyone outside yourself, because that can be a trap, you know? Yeah. And so if he takes Colorado and turns him into a powerhouse and then, you know, gets an opportunity or or he gets an opportunity next year mm-hmm. to go coach somewhere else, I mean you know, I'd love to see him stay for my own, you know, sake as a fan. I think a lot of people would to see what he can do. God knows if he if he leaves, you're gonna have a lot of two time transfers that 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 could present a problem. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a good question, man. I could I could see him running the course with a couple recruiting classes and then taking a bigger job in college. I don't see him going to the NFL. Oh, man, I would love to see him in the NFL. There's going to be so many uh, coaching openings. Uh, well, it's sports. like when the big one, like if Dallas comes open, yeah. they're going to call They're gonna call Dion. You know, uh, Atlanta or something like 49ers, uh, Washington. 49ers ain't going to come open. Yeah, 49ers ain't coming um, open. I'm just thinking of places where, like, legitimately it would have to for him to be, you know, he ain't going to coach Arizona. He ain't going to coach Seattle. Or Denver. Well, maybe hell, maybe he will coach Denver. He's right there. I don't know, dude. That's a good question. And I think people are already starting to ask because, I mean, there's a business side to this. And, I mean, Dion seems to like money. Yeah. So I mean, who uh, doesn't? Uh, but I will say this. Uh, I, I do like the fact that he also – he's really into foot. Like, he did not just walk into being the head coach of Colorado. I mean, he coached a mm-hmm. small HBCU. And really established himself because I think – I don't think it's possible for him to have credibility if he were just to go and be Colorado's head coach. I like the fact that he went to a small school, 
built it up, you know, built that program and then took Colorado's job. And what he's doing there yep. has been unbelievable, even though he's probably going to lose against USC. Uh, odds are against him. But I sure. like the vibe and what he's done and how he's changed things and how he didn't just walk into it because he is prime time. He actually made a name for his, his uh, himself coaching and he has earned that head coaching job. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see, to me, uh, how this whole thing evolves and uh, how it plays out. I'm I'm into it. Well, I thought it was fascinating too because there's a lot of big jobs open mm-hmm. all, all that last year. The Auburn job was open. Yeah, and <laughs> I bet Auburn wishes they had damn Deion Sanders as their head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't. So I was don't Florida know. State. Florida State that's was right. open, and that's his. I mean, he doesn't claim him now. But he came down. He was one of the final candidates. And I don't know. You know, I'd be curious to really know inside if people were taking him seriously. Uh, And I say that in a respectful manner. But because not everyone is down for that style. He brings a lot of Uh attention. And, uh, you know, it can be a little intimidating. But uh, respect Colorado for taking a chance. uh, Because it's paid off. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna watch them every time. I don't care yeah. if they, they can get they can go out there and get beat by seventy all they want. I'm still gonna watch. Um just to see what he's gonna say next. Um anyway, that's really about it, man. What do you think? Thirty seconds or less. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, over under six months. Under. Under. I'm with you. He looks so awkward on the way out of there. He looked like a guy. He looked like a guy that knew he was in too deep. Yeah. That knew like something's gonna happen and he's gonna have like some he's gonna be on TMZ more than he wants to be. Like when he was walking out of there with his hand all down and kind of side eyeing the camera, he's like, dude, this is this is gonna turn into something I didn't bargain yeah. for. I don't um, know. Dude brought his mom, brought his mom in the equation out, out of the gate. Um, I mean man, I don't know. Like, damn. That's a fast. There's ball, there's bro. multiple factors at play. I mean, it's Taylor yeah. Swift. I mean all right, so Taylor's attractive to me. She's not like 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 drop dead but it's taylor yeah. swift and that's what makes her so attractive and a lot of money i don't know man sleep uh, we'll see we'll see <laughs> hey, over under six months we'd love to hear from sleep hawk nation let us know uh under six months is nba season starts 10 24 kaminga season it's a it's it's coming all right so as we progress through the pods here it's going to get more and more uh kaminga like um but yeah, I'm pumped about that. Got the heels coming up. Um, buy the t-shirts. Buy some crab cakes. We hadn't told you to buy any Jimmy's famous seafood crab cakes here in a while, but um, now's the time. Just start getting ready. Yeah. Just try them out. A little, little, mm-hmm. little taste. Just in time for the holidays. You will not regret it, guys. I need to get some more crab cakes. I need to get some crab cakes. You guys got anything else, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe.